Hi. Hey, what's up? New do, new you. Yeah, look at all that, huh? <laughs> Where'd it go? Yeah, I got I got a little restless because my allergies have been bad lately. So I'm just kind of like I had this hair like all over my face. I'm just like, ah, get, get just go, <laughs> get get it out of here, just go. <laughs> <laughs> I completely understand how that is. I do that occasionally as well. This last time that I went to go get a haircut, I was like, I was like, just, I was like, just shave like half my head. <laughs> That's the way it works, right? You know, just kind of like I needed something that was just severe and different. And I'm like, yeah, this is, you know, when, when I, I, I've been dealing with like seasonal allergies since I was in middle school. So it's like, Okay, it's either either I get all hopped up on decongestants or or I just sneeze a lot. So I'm just kind of like, eh, either way, you're you're going to be up because like the the decongestants at work are like um, more stimulant based for me instead of like the ones that knock you out. So I'm either going to be all hopped up and I can't sleep. Or I'm going to be up all night because I can't breathe, you know? So it's like either one was like, oh man. But it's been that way for, geez, I think since I was like 12, so. Hey, you were talking about that last time. It, mm. You've got some some allergy issues. Do you feel better with your hair short? Does that help? Helps me sleep. Yeah, yeah helps me sleep. So Does I'm just having like, a free head. Like what if like what it would happen is like I just had this hair that would just like go over my face. <laughs> I'm just kind of like I'm like why what's going on here? And I'm just like and I'd get really hot. I'd get really How warm. Do you sleep <laughs> right. Yeah. I, it just I just goes it goes that? crazy. I just don't know how it happens. <laughs> I, I and I don't want to record it either you know it's, just like, <laughs> it's like well what, what are you doing Keith I'm like I don't I don't know what I'm doing it's but it's not right it's not right at all it's not right <laughs> I guess hence all like the physiology and stuff like that it's like I just want to be able to go to sleep and just wake up in the same spot that I fell asleep in you know instead of like all over yeah you know? <laughs> so yeah yeah how you been i am good i'm good i passed my test congratulations thank you so um i and when i say i passed my test i mean that i passed my practical i finished my practical and i am currently procrastinating on taking my written <laughs> but the, I will. The, the I'm gonna is, do it this weekend. Yeah, it's like the the written is 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 like a fraction of the practical. So, yeah, yeah. So, what did you find was the was the best part of the practical for you? The learning experience. The Brandon is so good at making me feel. I'm a shitty test taker. A really bad test taker. Um, I just overthink everything and second guess myself. And, um, and he, I mean, I just felt like, I just felt like I was in the room with the colleague and we were just figuring something out. You know, it was, it was a really great, it was a really great experience to be tested in, in a, in like a low pressure situation with somebody who I didn't feel like he was judging me. I felt like he was there to support me, mm. um, and just made such a huge difference. And, uh, I think, uh, it, it's it's 
when I have that kind of experience, I'm like, oh, I actually do know this stuff. I don't, I'm not, I'm not actually as, um, as bad at this as I thought I was, you know, <laughs> a tendency to have a really low. <laughs> I like giving yourself the benefit of the doubt. I love it. Just... <laughs> you know, just really believing that I just really suck. It's, it's all good. It's all good. Just believing that, yeah, it's just like constant imposter syndrome, you know. Well, that, but... that's normal, you know, for a lot of people. And it's, it's like, what's cool is that having colleagues that do support you, even if they were there to critique, to critique you and give you great feedback on like, oh, like, I would take it here. How come you took it there when, mm -hmm. you know, like they're, they're, they're just there to listen and see like, okay, how, how well have you thought this through? And maybe you thinking this through leads you to a different place that I haven't been, you know, and that's, mm -hmm. what's really cool about, about these processes. And that's, what's also really awesome about, um, well, what we're going to talk about today too, with biases, you know, it's like, it, it's like, how do I, what's my own, what's my bias for, about myself? You know, what's a, what's my own bias for how I view myself? What's my own narrative? And like, so it, it's interesting to hear what you have to say, because, you know, like um, it, it really lines up with, with, I resonate highly with that as well. It's, I think in, in our field, there's always so much to learn that it's hard to feel like, you know, enough. How much, how much is there to, to know, you know, it's <laughs> boundless. It's boundless. It's really just about how much time you're willing to put in to something and, and, and how much of an open mind you have. Yeah. Uh, I, I was talking to a colleague the other day about, um, like we were talking about different methodologies and how to approach pain, you know, and he has a completely different approach from what we have here. Mm. Uh, and we were talking about like peeves and I was like, I was like, you know, I was like, I think my, my peeve, um, when it comes to this, my, my pet peeve is when people are like, oh, that's bullshit. That doesn't work. <laughs> that's, that's not the right way to do it. And I'm like, there are many pathways to get to the same end goal. It doesn't necessarily mean that one is right and one is wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe something's not right for a person, like a particular person, or maybe you could have reached that same result with the same person using many different approaches. So it's, I don't know, I just, I, I get, I get annoyed when people get into a little box about like my way is the best way or my way is the only way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what I, what I like is the idea that, you know, when, when we talk about sensations, you know, like becoming very specific about what it is that we're, we're even talking about so that we, can look at evidence and we can look at um experience and we can can marry all those things with with like oh well what what did you see like what did you what do you observe what what were you going through and instead of like oh that doesn't work like okay when i observed this or when i experienced this i felt these things did you feel that um it when when i went through this um this this sort of result happened for this period of time you know it's like okay yeah it, it's the same thing that that when people talk to me about um <laughs> when people talk to me about allergy medication it's like 
it's like motherfucker i've been dealing with allergies for like 30 years and it's like the the, the hay fever thing it's like have you tried flonase and i'm just like <laughs> i'm like come on like i was that kid that got like have you ever had allergy testing done on you i've never had allergy testing oh it's, done. it's the worst thing on the planet it's like okay what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna fill these little pricky things and you're you're like 11 or 12 i'm going to see which ones are the ones you react to the most so that we can give you like a medication based upon that so they prick you with like 40 to 80 different things and your skin just turns into like one big welty hive thing oh, well, like they do it no. on your back right so like i have this thing on my back and i'm just like i just and like don't touch it i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> like don't touch it and then this is the best part like well these Number 45 and number number 30, they looked a little reactive. So what we're going to do is just going to give you a little little micro shot of them to see if if they if they react a little bit more. So then they stick the needle in with this crap, you know, the, the irritant to see like if you if you have a response to it. And you're just like, this is possibly the worst thing on the planet. And they and they end up giving you a medication that's like average at best, you know, like yeah, average at best. And so like you go through the same process of, of try this medication, try this medication. So eventually after like mm -hmm. four or five medications, I'm just kind of like, well, I'm really back in the same spot. Like the stimulants kind of work. And, and I just have this feeling that a majority of medication style um, problems. Like, I wonder, I wonder if eventually People are going to find that some of these allergy things are linked to something else, you know, or microbiome, or it's going to be linked to a genetic thing and, and, or, um, previous injuries. Like, cause my sister doesn't have it. Mm -hmm. My, my family has never has. So like, I wonder if there's a, like a specific injury that I sustained that lacks control of different parts of my body. And, and because of that, like I have a higher inflammatory response to stuff. Like, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's like, there are all these possibilities, but that's what makes the narrative and the experience and the, the rational side of things so fun to deal with. This is like, there's all these opportunities that and impossibilities of what, what could help. And I mean, how many times, do we look at things in a physical way and then um, we just touch apart uh, upon part of physiology, like the, the physiological mechanisms behind stuff, just like um, just like when we, we talk about uh, energy systems, you know, it's like we, we we think about exercise and when we think energy systems, a majority of like the, the average uh, exercise professionals going to think, okay, we're thinking energy systems. We're going to, we're thinking about conditioning or endurance training, but rarely, rarely are we thinking about endurance training of localized tissues. Well, thinking what you, like, what yeah, do you mean, what do you mean by that? Well, what, what, what I'm talking about you mean, is, are you talking about like knee extension like, I don't, I'm not sure what you mean by that. Yeah. Any, anything like where you're talking about a, a specific area of the body that that's working tissues okay. that, that are, that are working for a specific point in time. And it's like, well, first in, in order for the tissue to have a response, there has to be a message sent to it. And in that first early phase of work is supposedly creatine phosphagen, you know, and it's, and it's, and it's a lactate 
a lactate so that you're not really producing any 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 lactate to then go into glycolysis so it's not like okay so all of a sudden there's no real pyruvate and then in, as soon as it goes past like this 10 secondy thresholdy thing supposedly it goes into like the glycolysis area and then glycolysis makes its way over to beta oxidation right where there are like these different energy subsets which again depends completely on load or intensity and um and like the amount of challenge like the amount of challenges somebody's going so like the the load at certain ranges effort level effort level and in how many different body parts are are necessary to um to to be controlled at uh, at a certain range so like say it is a knee extension and you're on um like the difference between being on a on a leg extension machine or or a knee extension device where it's like uh you have support and restraint um mm-hmm. guidance versus you're on your back with a cable and you're in hip flexion at say 90 degrees but there's no support underneath your underneath your thigh so it's like it's a way different experience, a way different exercise, way different yeah. challenge, and, and different amount of tissues that need to then anchor while the other stuff is moving. So it's like they're going to be completely different tissues that have to expend different amounts of energy at different times to complete the challenge. So it's like if we're if we're talking about these energy systems, very rarely do people think of those energy systems as being a part of the pain conversation. Because like, if you have these chemical substrates that aren't being utilized at certain times, that's also part of intramuscular fat. And intramuscular fat is also a part of trauma in some certain scenarios like whiplash, where all of a sudden you have whiplash and all of a sudden your neck extensors or cervical deep extensors become infiltrated with fatty tissue because they're not being contracted. And then they lose their ability to contract. So all of a sudden there's this fatty infiltration. They turn a gristle and you can't contract them because they're not getting a good signal and they're laden with non-contractile tissue. I just want you to know this is all brand new to me. Oh, okay. (laughs) This is all new to me. No, this is really cool. Um, I think, I think that's really interesting, but I never, I never, I've never even, this is, Maybe this is embarrassing for me to say, but I never heard of intramuscular fat. If I even said that right. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's awesome though, because like I, I've heard of intramuscular fat before in in different contexts. Like, say you don't use a limb for a while, and the the muscle, no, excuse me, doesn't just like do a a subcutaneous or in in the legs. Say say like your thigh your thigh would have like subcutaneous fat and then you'd have this intramuscular fat and intermuscular Mm. fat. So, and then there's fat that can, fat stores that can rely, reside in the fascia as well, like underneath the fascia. And this is like the visceral fat that when you do like a body scan, it. Yeah. So like this would be like, if you had a DEXA done and you Uh saw like, okay, your, the body fat, percentage or the limb fat percentage is this right so dexa is going to take a look at your body fat percentage also by limb and by total body Uh, but like if you had an mri done 
or a CT scan done, you could actually see if the like the fat stores are like residing in different parts of the muscle. So and it's interesting because it's also been linked to um, muscle that's either like severely deconditioned or muscle that um, was in an area that had has sustained a trauma or like spinal cord injury patients or um, also stroke patients like deal with it as well where you see how the 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 fat stores are are changed within the muscle matrix like how the, the muscle is like laden with these uh, deposits of, of of adipose tissue, so which then are are non contractile, of course. So then it just changes the mechanisms of the contractile ability of that entire muscle. Is that is that a is that a protective mechanism? Like, is that something that is that something that the body does to protect those muscles, or how? Like, what is the purpose that's a, of that? That's a, we, that's a great that? question. I, I I don't I don't know. I would say like maybe it's maybe it's a protective mechanism of like, this is just completely like a theory, right? I guess theory for me, it's like if something was traumatized and then your body and mind, that neural nervous system lacks the ability to then um, direct information to control a specific area. I think the body then goes into a mode where it tries to lock that area down. So I don't, I think it tries to, to then use, um, bony changes to fuse an area. So it keeps it from moving because it feels like it doesn't have the torque producers to then control an area via its, um, its actuator system or its muscular system. So, and and the muscle system has all those different fiber types that do that work under various conditions for various durations under various tensions. So it's like energy systems development seems to be a really big deal locally mm-hmm. as well as systemically. Now, that makes a whole lot of sense to me. And then yeah, like, well, and if, and if you're not controlling an area, well, that just goes along the same route that we talked about before with pain, which is like, it's a summated thing. Like uh, in these internal aches and pains and tightnesses is like, how, how many different things is your brain managing today, with, you know, and <laughs> or at any given moment, really? Yeah. And any, any given moment under under any different condition, which is like how dehydrated are you or hydrated? How slept? How much sleep have you have you gotten? Are you restored? Um, did you sprain your ankle yesterday? Were you in a car accident yesterday? You know, are you in a traumatic relationship? where it's like you're just completely stressed out to get no you get no recovery and you're just working your body all the time or you don't you don't work your body at all you know it's like those things all matter towards how how the body perceives itself in the sensation of guarding which to me is like pain so but like that's that's um one theory so <laughs> i like one. that theory <laughs> <laughs> well i'm, I'm excited Thank you for sharing <laughs> oh you bet you bet I'm, I'm excited to uh to talk about that and um i'm excited to talk about biases you know and and, and i've been i've been skirting around this one for a while because he, like you said before with with your test taking um 
whenever I get go through things like biases or physiology or anatomy, it's like there is that imposter syndrome. I'm like, am I really good enough to talk about this stuff? You know, it's like, cause there's so many different ways to, to look at, um, there's so many different biases, you know, and, 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 mm-hmm. and the ones that we're going to talk about today are the ones that, that, um, we talk a lot ab- about, we talk about a lot in, um, in the different courses that, that I've taken. Um, they've come up a lot. So they're my biased biases. <laughs> thank you for identifying that as a bias <laughs> it is my it is my bias bias <laughs> thank and you for acknowledging that <laughs> i do i do have my bias bias and um i'm gonna screen share this with you so you can see okay. like what what i all came up with and i'm gonna see if i can do this first it's funny you seem to have uh really prepared for this whereas i just made a list in my head of all the things that i do wrong. Okay. <laughs> I was like, these are all of my biases. These are examples of times that I've. Right. Uh, it, it, well, that, I mean, that's, that's perfect. Right. And and I wouldn't say that I thought about these a lot in the past and there's a, there's a really, excuse me, there's a really interesting book on, on biases that were, were was written. It was like one of those kind of like cheapy Amazon books that like somebody just wrote off the cuff. And some of the, some of the biases are, seem like the same bias just with a different name mm-hmm. so like you just repeated them but like but um it definitely did stoke the questions of like oh like I, like I might be doing something like that and just being aware that that stuff is happening or those those patterns may be forming and and, and that's where really what the biases come back to which I think, you know, it, it's funny because like we're mm. going to be talking with Greg Mack about this from um, exerciseproed.com. And it, it's like this pattern recognition, this idea of, of like, are we really recognizing what we think we're seeing? And that goes hand in hand with that idea of signal detection that we mm-hmm. talked about before. So it, it's like, it seems to be a human trait that we find comfort in reliability and repeatability. And if things are not repeatable, we're in a state of dis-ease. We're, we're in a state of, of anxiousness and anxiety, and that can also lead to depression. Um, so the, these ideas of, okay, my mind wants to find patterns in order to be able to predict the future. And it's based on either previous experience information um from like other people or 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 data that you've taken down and like to make either a case for something or or to support your you know, like to support your case uh, but very rarely are people going after stuff to discredit their case you know very rarely and, and that was that was where i was I, I had problems as well because I'm like, oh, I got to find more and more evidence of this thing being what I think it is. Yeah. Rather than, oh, is there any proof of there being anything else so that I'm aware of what else is out there? Like what you talked about before. Is it you know, like, does this, no, this works for me, but that there's no way that that can work. Right. Well, maybe there is. Like maybe there is a way for other things to work. And, and, and that's to, discern which patterns are um 
are really there in which patterns i wouldn't say which because they're all all patterns are made up in our mind like there you either believe the pattern exists or you don't believe the pattern exists um yeah but like what it comes down to is like they're all they're all human-made concepts like it's like i don't know if if nature is i mean maybe nature is 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 all about patterns kind of like what physiology does at times like physiology is some crazy patterns and like you ever see what glycolysis what's behind glycolysis is like a zillion steps behind <laughs> glycolysis that's repeatable like over and over and over again and enzymatic actions that just happen in these patterns and you're like wow like it just it wants to do this stuff so when it comes from from um from our perspective or from my perspective um Number one, it's it's nice to even just think about what a bias even is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. in 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 um something that was off the exerciseproed.com website, it was on their their um it was on their blog, I believe. It was uh bias being um a noun prejudice in favor of or against one thing, person or group compared with another usually in a way considered to be unfair. So there's more to that. <laughs> I'm not going to go and read, read all of it. Can but, I tell oh. you what I, I just wrote down a bunch of words that a single individual words. So it's not really a definition, um, yeah. but I just had a lot of, I um, like when I think of a bias, I think of like, I think of the following words. Um, it's like an inclination, um, uh, prejudice, um, a preference, um, and, and a tendency towards or against something. That's what I put. That's good. I like that a lot. I I like that a lot. And, and as, as, um, as that being the frame of what we're going to be talking about, um, these were the, the, the nine that came up to me the the most um so like the idea of number one that um and these to me the 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 one that that we that you just talked about in the beginning was the idea of this dunning-kruger effect dunning-kruger effect is a very powerful um (laughs) effect it's like this idea that when we first start out in in a topic that we we believe that we really haven't mastered and understood even though our competency level of being new to a, a subject and topic uh, or discipline is rather new and, and we're rather incompetent in that in that area but in order to feel more comp- confident um we we overestimate our abilities like i overestimate my ability and then the more that you know about it the more incompetent you feel because you realize how much there is to really know about it. All of a sudden you're like, holy crap, I didn't know all this stuff was there. Or I didn't it's a realize very it. yeah. emotional roller coaster. Yeah, and it's, and it's funny too because they, they like people showing the graph of the Dunning-Kruger effect it was like, I know this. And all of a sudden it's like, I know nothing. <laughs> like, oh crap. And they just show like one swing of competency. Um, but like... Um, it was it was cool how how it was listed in exploringyourmind.com it was like people who suffer from this bias have an illusion of their own superiority 
So they tend to underestimate those who are the most competent. Mm. So it, and it's, it also is a projection, right? Like, oh, I, I know what I'm doing. This person probably doesn't know what they're doing kind of thing. So as this we're- This goes back to the whole idea of my way is the best way or my mm -hmm. way is the only way. Right? My way is the best way. My way is the only way. And that's why I thought that like that one was so powerful. It was absolutely powerful. And, and um, that also goes hand in hand with this um, this idea of, confirmation bias and so it's like mm -hmm. like the idea that um i like how he listed here he's like the misconception that your opinions are the result of years of rational objective analysis and like objective. yeah the truth is your opinions I like how they, they word this, your opinions are the result of years of paying attention to information that confirmed what you believed while ignoring information that challenged your perceived notions. So it's like being able to get outside of my comfort zone and be like, well, this may not be right. Yeah, what, where's the proof? Like start showing some proof, finding the proof, because I am the, I'm the owner of proof. I, like I, I, it's up to me to find that proof and align myself with people that are, are capable of providing evidence and, and experiences to, to obliterate, um, that bias. I like, it's like, okay. So then that goes hand in hand with that idea of maximizing and satisficing decision makings. Cause like, am I, am I confirming everything that I'm doing right now, or am I just like, well, I've always done it this way. Um, like I'm just, this is right. I'm cherry picking all my stuff. I'm going to run with it. So it, you can see how that confirmation bias can start going into like association bias and availability bias. So I like the availability bias. It's like where individuals make inaccurate predictions regarding the frequency of an event within a population based largely on limited experiences. I mean, we're limited to the experiences that we have. So it seems like that'd be a really easy one to run into. Right. Right. You know, and so it's like, okay, here are my experiences. Here's how much availability I have to this scenario. Like how much experience do I really have dealing with this stuff? So when, when, when availability bias hits hard is um, is also when I have a very low experience level of dealing with a like a certain scenario. So then, then I run into this association bias. Yeah. So because it's like yeah, yeah. Is that an association bias? Is just kind of based off of based off of a like a past experience, right? It's like a. I, mean, I guess I could just look at it here. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'll, I'll just read it. So like yeah. the cognitive bias that results from an external, external stimulation that triggers a memory that is then reconciled with basically no valid connection to that stimulus. Yeah. So it's like, I, I it's an assumption, like an assumption that like, because this happened once or twice or whatever, that this is, this is always the answer or this is yeah. probably the answer. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's just like um, when they when they this is the example that they have in here is like when you see when you see supine hip flexion limited, you remember that your previous client had that limit. You did such and such, and it worked. So that you're going to do it basically the same same way. You're going to like whenever there's a a hip flexor problem, right? It's like hip flexor problem, not hip flexion problem. So the the idea then becomes well that that's even. It sounds like this is just straight out of like a like a certification, like a right, yeah, personal training certification. Yeah, that that's 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 exactly where a lot of this stuff came from. This is how you fix this problem. It's like always. This is tight. And <laughs> oh yeah, this, that's that's weak. So, yeah, this is tight. This is weak. Make sure that you stretch this, you foam roll that and you're going to be good. Yeah. It, so, so those are the ones that, that popped up the most because it's like I, I, the chain of events that can happen, especially when people see clients back to back to back to back and they're tired and there's mental fatigue and you know, you're like, Oh, I could, I could, do this quickly because I saw this before instead of taking down more data, seeing like corroborating that with how they feel, um, noticing if there's any like holistic thing happening where they're having mm-hmm. trouble with a multitude of limbs going in a similar direction or in a, in a similar bio configuration where all of a sudden you're like, oh, if I potentiated these things, like the, the brain may know how to do this better and they may feel drastically different. And then or, or they may not. So it's okay. Let's 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 do a, a petition of this. Let's see what happens, and then from there, it's like, do we want to continue for repetitions? And are we ready ready to roll with this? And then start taking down some data and see how, like, taking down those observations and see what happened. You know? Yeah. Um, oh gosh, I was gonna say something and I forgot. Um, I completely blew up your train of thought. No, no, I was, it's, there were so many, there were so many thoughts, so many things that, cause I, I just keep on running through all these different scenarios in my head of past experiences. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I could probably give you an example of every single bias that is listed on here. <laughs> give well, you an, like, a personal example. It's also like representative bias. It's like, you just, you just make a decision based on like too much, too little data. Right. That is something I am really working hard on not doing anymore because that's something that I caught myself doing. And I just keep, I just keep hearing a voice in my head. That's like, you don't have enough. You don't have enough samples. You don't have enough samples to make this decision right now. And, and I actually, um, I actually, uh, recently, um, assumed that everything was fine. And I didn't like recheck at the end. I didn't like redo SARS Mm -hmm. at the end. And I was just like, Oh, this is, this is fine. And, and it was not fine. It was not fine. I had made a pretty large mistake. Um, and I had like, I had just assumed that I knew what the answer was. And then I didn't check to see if I had actually made the right decision at the end on top of not taking enough samples. So how, how did you confirm that you made a mistake? I didn't, I just know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> ah. more bias uh so so did the they say something I, no well so they experienced something as ah. they were leaving there you um, go yep the, yep so they, like there has to be there has to be a tell right yeah and, and either you're observing the tell not with 
without like a nonverbal tell, like a body gesture tell, or they're just going to say something, or they're going to like, you're either going to grab something, walk a certain way, move a little differently, or they're just going to flat out say like, man, my, my knee just feels funky right now, or mm-hmm. my hip feels funky. Cause like the populations that we work with, it, it, which is the norm in America, right? It's not, the, it's not uh, the people that want help with their physicality aren't people that are super, super healthy. They're, the majority of people in America are not healthy. They're, they're they're metabolically inflexible. They have joints that are beaten up over time of either inactivity, disuse, or overuse. Um, and then they're looking for people to help them either move better, uh, feel better, or get in better shape. So it's like you make a wrong move, they're laid up. They certainly can up. be. And, they and they're certainly not, can be. And they're not, they're not, they're not coming back. Or <laughs> like it's like there's no room to just guess that it's time to squat. Right? There's just not enough. It's just like just randomly throwing out exercises just to it's just to see how they do. Yeah. It, it's putting your it's putting your job at jeopardy instead of putting your results first and then making the best decision while still fitting in the mold of them getting a workout that they like, you know, it's like, that's huge. And this goes back to taking a proper assessment, like really going back, like in the very beginning and just getting as much data as we can about our clients so that we can make these better decisions for them. You know, instead of being like, oh, I see that you're a knock need. I'm just going to, it seems like we need to do some glute activation. And like, just I like just the assuming. voice, by the way. You like my voice? Thank That's you. a great, it's definitely a guy voice. <laughs> like almost every single wife that comes into this place has got like a voice for their husband. <laughs> it's usually like this. What is that voice? It's I'm like, pretty sure this voice is why I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <It's> like... <laughs> no comment. No comment. I'm out of this comment. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's really cool that you said like when you make decisions with your client, for your client, and and then you cooperate that with their experience and then is it going in the direction that they were hoping their outcome to go and is their outcome actually viable like is their out is the outcome that they're hoping to have the vision in their future something that's possible like because a person that like that comes in with uh with a prosthesis like a prosthetic knee you know like they have they have a knee replacement prosthesis in their knee then it's like you're, they're never going to regrow their knee back and it's like if they want to go run around it's like well you can run but then how much how many repetitions do you think that knee has in it before you'll need another one like what do you think's going to happen right or some do you happen to know like what what the lifespan is of a of a just curious just well those those pros like those prosthetics like it just depends on how much you pound them because like they can go anywhere between seven to 20 some years so for hips or knees right so then and then they got to pop a pop take one out and pop a new one in you know and it's like and the revisions they some of those go well some of them don't go so well so it, it 
I mean, just think about it, all the sensors that are cut out of the system and like how traumatic that is to Wolapine hammer a prosthetic, a pro, like a prosthesis into the bone and hammer it in, drill it in, screw it in. And then it's like all the, all the shearing or all the friction that, that happens at the joint. So there has to be pieces of the, the pieces of the prosthesis that then like she shaves off into the system because like it's it's not a frictionless system is you know, like you can you can only do so much with that just and then little bits of little bits of fake knee just floating around in your whole body yeah yeah that's not localized that that can go systemic that's so that's why they check like, like chromium levels of your blood see like okay like how are you doing with heavy metals in your in your blood and and then you know, like one point in time they changed the uh, the like the cup of the like the ball and socket part of the hip into more of a, a clear material because like the the other material was like dark and when they re did revisions people didn't like that when they saw the revision they saw like all the shavings like the dark like the like there was like a dark hue around all the tissue when they took that thing out because oh. those were all the shavings that were like literally on all the tissue that is wild yeah like that makes sense yeah and then people think it's think it's fixed it's not fixed oh yeah and it's not a concrescent system it's not grown the material isn't grown out of itself that's when it's fixed so until that happens which i'm sure someday that regenerative thing is going to happen like someday someone's going to learn how to like regenerate cartilage on something and actually make it stick rather than like the problem is, is like they can grow cartilage it just can't grow it out of the original bone so it's like yeah that's that's when that problem is solved when you can actually regrow cartilage in an area and um maybe be able to have muscles like regrow themselves that were torn right like if there were torn and then retracted back into a into a tendon that like it, it just well you can't pull anymore because it's not attached and you can't regrow it so those are the things that i think would be interesting for the future so but like um then the, the idea becomes if people have these these problems either diagnosed or not diagnosed what is their vision of the future and how are we the the curators of that because like you were either saying hey look this is a, this is the risk you're taking by doing this mm -hmm. or you know, you're okay with the risk like i don't know if i'm okay with the risk if it's if it's okay for both of you then I, then i think it's fine as long as you sign a waiver saying like do not sue me for you know the joint replacement you know but like other than that i i don't know because i i think that's the, that's the majority of people with um with diagnosed and undiagnosed uh, pathologies so it's like what, what are what are we going to do to make sure that we're not wearing them out faster and we're actually helping them recover and um and feel better feel better feel better about themselves feel better when they move rather than wake up stiff and achy and feeling worn out and uh feeling fragile right feeling yeah. more empowered so and that and that that's why these biases just being aware of at least a couple of them, especially when, um, especially when we're looking at the opposing viewpoint of something, 
like when I'm looking at the opposing viewpoint of something or multiple viewpoints of something, because rarely is there just a polar effect of one way and the other way. There's usually multiple viewpoints of something. And am I getting stuck on some sort of bandwagon? Mm. Like, am I on somebody's team for thinking of something yeah. in, a, in a way rather than just being on team Keith? So, and, it, and it's okay to be friends with people and to, to say like, oh, those, those are great. But like rarely is, it's like when people get exercise equipment, it's rarely the entire exercise equipment lines the best. Yes. There's usually a couple exercise pieces that suck. So it's like, why would I think that one person's going to have all these thoughts that are just 100% right? Yeah, I was I was talking to someone. Um, I was talking to someone once upon a time about um, about like another another colleague that he didn't like, and um, it was kind of like I felt like everybody was kind of starting to bash on this guy, yeah. and and I was like and I was like well I was like I feel like there's something to glean from everybody. I think that I think that there's there's a I mean, I, I think that there's something valuable that comes out of maybe not everybody, but almost <laughs> everybody that I've come across, um, in this industry, uh, at least, at least in our, in, in our little, you know, in our little circle of pain management, um, pain stuff, but, um, it is, it is, I've, I've met so many people who are like, this person is God. This mm. person is the, the one person that knows all the things. And I, I, I just completely disagree with that. Mm -hmm. I just don't, I think that that's such a, um, it's such a limiting way to look at the world, it's such a limiting way to look at what we do. And it's so unfair to yeah. our clients for us to close ourselves off. To it's, so, it's so unfair to ourselves. Who, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, but also I, to our clients. <laughs> yeah, especially, especially for stakeholders and decision makers. You know, it's like when these stakeholders are relying upon our experience. You know, we're trying to help guide them on this journey. And um, and yeah, there there are definitely people that have high quality information, but they still have like that information still has to be vetted, and in in the people behind. The, the, the resources of the of, of the sources of that information um curators of it it's having having an open uh, forum having ways to kick around information to make sure that it stands up and it's durable because that's the whole point of it is to beat up information to see if there's a better way or what the context is around that information because no one's got it all figured out so it, like that's that's the constant that's the <laughs> that's definitely the constant it's like everyone's got a little something that, that 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 they've gone through at one point in time that that could be that could be gems for the next person's context and context is key that's it well i'm going to leave it at that for today hopefully that uh the, what we're running out the most for you right now out of what we just talked about um, I, well, I actually just, I actually just thought of something that I, that I, that I need to work on. Um, mm. yeah, <laughs> I just thought well, of something. Could you that share I, that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the way that I ask questions, um, 
I was thinking about the confirmation bias thing and, and how um, sometimes when I'm, when I'm trying to get uh, information from someone, right. When I want to know how, when I, when I want to get information on how somebody's feeling, right. If I want to like clue in on their sensations or um, what their effort level is and, and things like that, that sometimes I word my questions in a way that kind of sets them up for a specific answer. And, um, and then I need to start getting away from that. So saying, for example, like, like that feels better to me. How does that feel to you? Uh, like, you know, like, yeah. 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 I, I have problems with that too. You're not the only one with that one. I'll, I'll, I'll first admit that one. It's just like, I, it feels like to me, it feels nice to, to be able to, to see something that I see as progress. And instead of just asking them, like, hey, what, what are you going through with that? Like, where are you with, where are you with that? Mm-hmm. Like, what's that feel like? Is that, um, feel smoother? Does that, does that feel, um, tough to control? Like, what does that feel like? So at least giving them the options or starting with, does that feel tough to control? Is that worse? Is that better? Like, what, are, what are you going through? Cause I have some people that are just like, they've never felt that stuff before and it's tough for them to describe it. And as they get better at describing it, then, then they actually start to, we start to work better together. I'm wondering if that might be the kind of thing that would be better to set up prior to be like, okay, we're going to go through, um, we're going to go, we're going to go through this. Um, we're going to go through this process, right? We're going to, mm. we're going to, we're going to try and figure out what this, this sensation you're having in your right trap is all about. Mm. And I want you to start thinking about things that you notice throughout as we're, as I'm sampling stuff, as I'm working on stuff. Um, and maybe like, I don't know, I'm just kind of musing here, but, um, maybe thinking about having them think about just having them just focus in on what they're going through and just being like, Hey, well, just tell me when it feels better. Tell me if something starts getting easier. Tell Mm. me if you start feeling pain. So just start telling me all the things, just tell me what you're going through as you're going through it. That way it's not prompted. It's more just like connecting them with what they're feeling and connecting them with the moment and what we're doing. And then allowing for them to communicate that in the way that works for them. That makes sense. what, What I see is, uh, what I've experienced in the past and what I've seen in some of the literature has been um, it's different when people are interoceptive than extraoceptive mm-hmm. being like they're, they're, they're focusing in on what the, the perceptions they're perceiving the sensations, right? So they're perceiving that. Um, and there's definitely different ways to be able to ask that. And I like what you were talking about to reduce overwhelm in many like scenarios um i like to i like to um because i i used to i used to really front load a lot like what you just talked about i just like mm. load that on the person they'd be like mm. whoa and and i don't know if that was right or not like i don't think it i don't really have an opinion about that all like all yeah i think like w- what was interesting though was when i've been playing around with two separate things like one was like you're going to go through this and all I want you to do is tell me what part of your body was working while you did it. Like what fatigue, oh, uh-huh. 
Like what fatigues when you do this and when you're done, like just when you're done, like you just go and do it, just do the thing. And I don't correct them. I let them just do like whatever. I'm like I feel this and this and this. I'm like, was it the same through the whole? So like, I'm just having them recall after it's done. Mm. Because what I've seen in the literature has been um, people do better with exercise when they're moving towards points outside of themselves rather than focusing on squeezes internally as far as output oh. so like they 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 learn better externally output goes up it doesn't mean that it's better it just means that output goes up right and people tend to learn quicker that way um but people have different experiences when they are interoceptive you know so like geocentric versus um egocentric cues Right, like squeeze this muscle as hard as you can versus, okay, take your hand to my hand. Mm-hmm. May I have that arm go right? You know, yeah. it's like, okay, like, what did you experience when you did that? What happened? What changed? Like that feel normal. Like, so they do the thing and it's like, you know, your rest period and you just hammer some questions in there so that they're, they're <laughs> like reviewing it. Right. And they know next time that, oh, next time I got to know what happened after so they're getting used to just answering when mm. the thing's done, right? Rather than as they're going through it, them telling you. It's like, I'm like, okay, just what I want you to do is just uh, count the number. And uh, when I'm done, when you're done, I'm going to ask you what all happened. So simple, right? Just yeah. two things. And that's yeah. it. So I, I, that's what I've been working on as of late, mm-hmm. but I will definitely... Um, you know, we'll maybe work on that for the next couple of couple of weeks, and I'll just like start playing with that some more. And um, I'm gonna play with it too. Let's do it. We and, can reconvene. Uh, reconvene in two weeks and and um, share share our results. That sounds amazing. I have a lot of different personality types that I work with, so it'd be really interesting to see how different approaches will work with different humans. Well, I'm I'm down for that. I'm definitely game for that. Cool. Let's go. It was awesome catching up with you this week. And um, I, uh, as always, thank you for uh, hopping on the call with me. Yeah, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me.